Welcome to season two of Spark Reunited, a series of shows celebrating 25 years of broadcasting on this student community radio station. Whether it was Utopia or Spark, the people featured on the station have made it into what it is today. And as today's Sparkies, we are forever grateful for them imparting their knowledge onto us, and we decided to pay it forward by sharing it with you. After such a successful season one, where we heard the likes of Emma Millen, Chris Stevens, and Rob Dowell, and this season, We'll be speaking to more ex-Sparkies and Utopians like current Capital Executive Producer Callum Hyder and BBC West Midlands Producer Adam Pender-Smith, along with loads of other guests who will share their radio insights and experiences with you. In this episode, our guest is producer at BBC Radio 1 and 1 Extra, Harrison Stock. Hope you enjoy. Hello, I'm Tyler Selby and you're listening to a special edition of Spark Content. I'm here with Harrison Stock, who's a producer at Radio 1. We're going to get into all of that in just a minute, but we've got to start off back in your time at Spark. You used to volunteer at Spark, the University of Sunderland. What sort of things did you get up to in your time? Okay, yeah, so I started at Spark in 2011. That's when I started at uh, the University of Sunderland. I remember on my first week, contacting Callum Hyder, who was, I think, station manager at the time. And he he basically told me I was too keen, because it was like the first week. He said, do freshers, and then we'll invite everyone who wants to get involved to come. So yeah, then I, then I joined Spark and started uh, producing a show that was hosted by Sarah Harrison called G-Spot, and getting involved like that. And then in my second year, um, I started hosting the show, and then I also did some work as the deputy um, head of music. Um, so with the sort of music team, ran playlist meetings uh, and things like that, and then got, in, got involved with the sort of wider stuff on the station as well. So when they did events, uh, you saw us cover the Sunderland Air Show, which I imagine you still do. Those sorts of things, got involved with that as well. And yeah, that was that was pretty much my time my time at Spark and I started at Spark with no radio industry experience whatsoever and left with enough experience that helped me sort of get that first step on the ladder in, in the industry in general. I always find it interesting to know as well, did you go in knowing what you wanted to do and is that all you did or did you pick up, you know, experience in areas you didn't even consider before you came to Spark? Yeah, I was really, I had quite funnel vision, really. I wasn't particularly academic at school, wasn't brilliant with that sort of thing. So I sort of was looking into areas when it came to going to university, looking into areas that I was passionate about that could potentially be careers or jobs. So radio and music was something I was was really passionate about and really interested in, and that led me to looking around a bunch of different universities that were good for media in general. And then when I had a look around Sunderland and the St. Peter's campus and the media area, you know, it's got better facilities than some radio stations I'd, I'd been in. But it had five studios at the time and it, it was running a, a broadcast on FM, 24-hour local broadcast on, on FM radio. And it had, it just felt like it, it had a setup in place that I could get involved in that would give me relevant experience for the radio world. So yeah, I was quite, I really wanted to work in radio. I really wanted to work at Radio 1 and 1 Extra and 
when I looked around at Spark and Sunderland University, that's when I sort of thought, yeah, okay, I can see how I can get the sort of relevant skills here and get the experience that might help me get there. And obviously you got there, you got the radio on, but back when you left in 2014, what were the steps from that to get into Radio 1? So when I left Spark, I'll sort of rewind a little bit. One of the things that was great at Spark was the station and the people there were really involved with Student Radio Association. So in my time there, I got to go to a few of the student radio conferences and a few of the Student Radio Awards, which are sort of amazing networking opportunities. The amount of people I know and work with and see daily that I originally met at a student radio conference is crazy. Like it's the it's a sort of bedrock of, of the industries that the Student Radio Association. So through that, I was through Spark, I was introduced to that uh, and met people there, and and I met somebody there who was working with B Traits or when she was on Radio One, and I thought, great, I, that's the place I'm going to work. So I got I I introduced myself to them and and speaking to them and said, look, there's any opportunities where I can help out in any way. Um, I knew the show really well, you know, sitting on a show, anything like that, you know, I'd be really up for it. And this person was great uh, and I ended up shadowing a show and helping out a little bit with notes. I think it's one of those things where they probably didn't need me to help out, but I'd shown a bit of like passion for the show and a bit of initiative and and they they were sort of doing me a favor. So I also contacted the producer, a guy called James Watts, of um, Toddler T show that was on Radio One at the time, and did did a similar thing of like saying, "Oh, like, you know, I'm in I'm in London on these dates." Like I'd, I'd sort of reached out and, and developed a bit of a relationship, and then said, "Oh, I'm in London on, on these dates. If I could come in and shadow a show," and and managed to come in and, and just sort of build up build up contacts and and people I, I knew at the station, which is a a massive thing. I think more than more than anything, building up. A sort of network of people in the industry I found really important. It's that I was, when I look back on it, it's, it's kind of having that attitude of they're not going to discover you. You've got to go and sort of put yourself in front of them and show what you can offer. So that meant that by the time I was leaving the University of Sunderland and leaving Spark, I had a couple of contacts. Um, and when I left, I sort of asked around and kept in contact with them and said, you know, if there are any opportunities coming up anywhere, I'm leaving university. I was willing to relocate and there was an opportunity to um, be sort of show assistant for uh, the BBC introducing show in Kent, hosted by Abby McCarthy. And that I knew I'd spoken at one of the back to the student radio conference, but one of them had spoken to Reese Hughes, who was the um, head of programs at Radio 1 and 1 Extra at the time. And he'd said, I would have on you for experience is BBC introducing and the, the local shows. So when when that opportunity came up, it sort of um, it really sort of sparked my interest because it just felt like the perfect sort of uh, stepping stone. So um, I started doing some work at BBC producing in Kent, and then the other place um, I got experience at was a community station uh, in Camden in North London called uh, Roundhouse, and that sort of all came at the the same time. So it meant that I could sort of moved to London with the BBC introducing opportunity, do some work at the community station and sort of build up my experience and my sort of industry connections in that way. So I moved moved down, moved in with a friend, sort of took a punt on it 
And then after I'd been working at um, BBC and producing for a couple of months, Radio 1 and 1 Extra opened up their freelance pool for, for new applicants. So I applied for that and got into the pool off the back of my experience from Spark, BBC and producing Roundhouse, you know, helping out on B-Trade to show sort of all those things together. And then that when it came to interviewing for that, I had quite quite a bit, quite a rounded experience really. And, and was fortunate enough to start to start then freelancing really regular for, for Radio 1 and 1 Extra and then sort of worked my way up and got a contract and then moved up to an assistant producer and then producer off the back of that. So yeah, that's sort of the, the, the journey really. So give us a bit of an insight into what the day-to-day looks like as a producer at Radio 1. The, the day-to-day stuff around that would be on the first thing I would do. So at the moment, there's a lot of focus on top on-demand shows as well. So one of the first things I would do is produce one of the on-demand offerings, uh, which is a Radio 1 dance show that will go out uh, about 4 a.m. on Radio 1. I think it is, 4 till 5. And that involved pre-recording links with Connor, who's the DJ for that, building the show, putting his links in between the music, which is scheduled centrally by our music team, and then delivering that so that pre-record's ready to go out. Uh, and then I'd start focusing on the Friday early breakfast round. So Friday early breakfast round is, is quite different because it's a new um, talent uh, sort of offering at the moment. There's a lot of sort of development, talent development involved in that. And a lot of sort of, in ways it can be a bit of a training role because a lot of these people are coming on to Radio 1 for the first time. So a big thing is sort of making them feel comfortable. And then when it comes to in-studio production, you've got to think about everything. So you've got to think about how you're going to get on air and off air, making sure the equipment's right, all that sort of thing. And then certainly with the new presenters, we do news to time on Radio 1, so the news happens at the exact same time. And it's it's to the second, so they can't be late. So it's back timing. It's sort of coaching them through links. It's making sure they're always thinking about what's coming up and and making sure they hit news junctions and things like that. What specific skills would you say from your time at Spark you still you know look back at today and go, I picked that up all those years ago when I was at Spark. Honestly, everything, absolutely everything. Being at Spark was the first time I had to think about playlisting a show, uh, doing a running order, doing a show clock, as they call it, where you've got the, the points, uh, the things that are going to happen in the show and at what time. First time I had to do things like news at Spark, all everything, planning, organising, music scheduling. There's, there's nothing I don't do on a day-to-day basis that I didn't first learn spark and what would you say to finish off is from your time at the university of sunderland anything you did what would you say was your favorite moment that you look back on oh there's loads but something i really loved doing actually was me and uh, alex dobson and thomas hammett and anthony Kay, who were all at um, spark and the university of sunderland at the same time as me um we did an outside broadcast well we did two actually around the 50th anniversary of um, Pirate Radio. So the first broadcast we did on a ferry in the North Sea in the, in the old, like, 60s-style Pirate Radio, being being from ships in the sea. And then the ferry docked in Amsterdam, and then we did a more sort of late 80s, early 90s uh, sort of dance music Pirate Radio-style show from Rotterdam, from a studio in Rotterdam. 
and I think that was um, that's that's what was some of the most fun I, I had at Spark, and it was a pretty fun time. That sounds great. I'll have to pop into the archives and have a little listen to that. For more episodes from former members of Spark and Utopia, keep listening to Spark Reunited, sparking your interest in media.